Welcome into the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I am joined by the man that knows out of a hundred percent pie chart about ninety percent of the Marvel knowledge on this show. How does that feel, Spencer? It, wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. I wouldn't say that. What's your favorite kind of pie? Favorite pie? Oh, um, I, I'm probably alone in this. Honestly, I, I well, I wouldn't say that, but like, I think it stems from childhood because of like how things were. I was the youngest, so like when it came to candy kind of things, like fruity candy, um, I just kind of got like what people didn't want. So like I got, <laughs> I, I got what my sisters didn't want. So like if we got Starburst, like my sisters would take all the like red and pinks and all of that. And I got stuck with the yellows. So I naturally developed a love for like lemon flavored things, which people, I guess, don't like because yellow is like the most despised Starburst flavor. Yeah. And like lemon anything, people are just like, eh, you know, indifferent about it. I'm like, I freaking love it. So I would assume I would say, yeah, I think lemon's probably my favorite pie. I love lemon flavors. I, I will take any kind of fruit, any kind of vegetable, really, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I love me some pumpkin pie. I love all kinds of different pies. You put it with vanilla ice cream, and that's that sets uh, about eight different pies off the chart. For sure. So. Dude, apple pie, like warm apple oh, pie with like warm ice apple cream. Pie with some, yeah, absolutely. Oh, like uh, old-fashioned style vanilla ice cream, too? Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. You're, you're, that, you're that in a good situation. That is almost as good as a series-long payoff of finding <laughs> out yes. that yes. Agatha Harkness is she's the controlling one. what we're seeing each week. Guys, we're going to be recapping um, this week's WandaVision. We're going to be doing a WandaVision recap for every single show from today um, until the finale. Uh, super excited, super excited. And it was a thriller of a show is about maybe in total about 32 minutes. So we didn't get the hour long that some had speculated, Mm -hmm. but we did get a lot and there's a lot to unpack. Um, what was your major takeaway from today's show? That as much as you think you might know, you know, nothing like, holy crap, man. Like they kind of hinted just a tiny bit and Marvel's good at that. They like kind of say like here's a little tiny the tiniest crumb of crumbs here you go and then like just leave it alone for a little while let it let it just do its thing let's actually distract you from thinking that that's even a possibility for a moment and then we're gonna bring it right back around and just uppercut you with it which is insane like i totally thought I think we totally hit the nail on the head. We were like, yeah, you know, early on, we're like, Agnes, there's something about Agnes. But then like the last few episodes, they did exactly what I just said. Like they just kind of throw things off and they're like, let's spin it so that you don't see what we're about to do. And then they hit us big time in this episode. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm excited. I'm kind of indifferent about something that we'll get into. But um. I don't know. I don't know where my feelings lie on that certain topic, but we'll see. My, I love the episode. Um, we got into something completely different. Like this, this show has done such a great job of taking us on a journey every single week. Um, they have given us like four different uh, versions of the main storyline that we've been trying to figure out along the way. Who's controlling all this? Oh, it's Wanda. 
Oh, but how much is she controlling? Mm-hmm. Oh, everything. Oh, she's losing control. Oh, she never really had control. Oh, she didn't even create this on purpose. Who helps her? Who's keeping this all running? And then it's just like, Agatha. Yeah. <laughs> did everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She's it's, responsible it's awesome... for one division um, yeah. as we know it, apparently. Uh, unless she's well, lying and we don't I, even know anymore. Mm, Who can we trust? I don't know. I think there's two parts to it that I think are that happened simultaneously. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, I think Wanda did create this entire thing. But, once again, like, and it makes sense because that's how villains operate. Is they see that a superhero is doing something and they're like, how can I spin this to benefit me? And wham. Like, she creates this universe or whatever we want to call it, the Hex. And Agatha's like, oh, I can do something with that. (laughs) Watch me do my thing. And like, yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, I I don't think that like she had a helping hand in, in, you know, creating it. But yeah, maybe uh, just taking advantage of the situation. It's one of those things where I think... I've been a little bit more enthusiastic towards the whole Agatha thing for a little while, um, but they did such a good job of making us think like we were the crazy ones. <laughs> you know, like yeah. they always in Marvel, they tease something and then they act like we, they didn't tease it. They're mm-hmm. like, no, <laughs> where are you getting that idea? We just gave her a witch's outfit and made her, you know, seemingly the number one suspect in the dog murder um, you know, there's all kinds of little things she's always showing up on the right time. Mm. Um, and it all just made sense that she was, you know, infiltrating and she knew what was going on. But then they shifted the main storylines to Pietro. And it's like, here's this shadowy figure. Obviously, it's either him or it's somebody who's controlling him. And it's like, well, Agnes and Agatha, she has these, you know, powers and we don't know who she's potentially working with. So we had so many characters that you almost went, well, we'll eventually find out about Agnes. And then it's like, nope, you're going to find out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is the villain. Um, she is now the number one villain on the show. She's um, the, yeah. We have found out that she's been meddling and trying to ruin every little instance of uh, what Wanda is trying to create or whatever she's trying to do um, with her grief. She's been antagonizing it the entire time and pushing her buttons and consistently trying to make things worse um, while also acting like she's trying to make things better. So she's been the ultimate villain. She's hold your uh, enemies, you know, closer than your friends because she's both right now. (laughs) Yeah. My biggest thing too now is the kids because she takes them in early in the episode to like give Wanda a break, so to say. And because we've seen this since last episode that like Wanda's kind of losing control of everything. And now we know that she wasn't really in total control of everything to begin with. Like she wasn't a hundred percent in control. She Her was powers like, were the source of, of something. Yeah. She wasn't like controlling everything at times, maybe like 80% in control of everything. But then like Pietro happens and it's like, she's lost so much control over everything 
And it's and because of he? mental stability. <laughs> it's because of mental stability and stuff like that. We know that. But like, wow. Like, so the biggest thing to me too, like I said with the kids, is I think I could be wrong on this, but I feel like Agatha was almost in every scene that featured the kids throughout the show. Like if the kids were in a scene, Agatha was close by. Like she popped in at some point. Like, so and now the kids are like gone. Like we didn't see them after, after all that stuff happened. So like, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, that circles us back to when they were infants and they had disappeared when Agatha, when Agnes was watching them, when Vision and Wanda were speaking to each other and they go, what, what do you hear that? I don't hear anything because they were out of their cribs. I'm glad you and said then that. When, you know, when they ask basically, where are they? Then the kids return. It, I wonder if like that was Agnes slowly trying to take them away and see if did. Wanda's even noticing because she's so distracted. And yeah, you know, it was maybe the start of her. Not the start, because this probably goes way back, but her first attempt to really take the kids and whatever they want the kids for, um, they obviously want them. Mm-hmm. That's, she's been trying, and so has Pietro, been trying to separate Vision from those kids from the second that he got there. Mm-hmm. And now Agnes has been has infiltrated the family. Uh, from episode one, she was going, hey, I'm your neighbor, I'm your friend. So she tried to get in on the family, and now she's watching them. She's babysitting them. So yeah. her in tandem with Pietro, Shadow Pietro, whatever whatever you want to call him, um, are separating not only Vision, but now Wanda from her kids. And they now, now are in control of the kids. We don't know where they're at right now. I think what's interesting is you said that they were silenced, remember? And what did the one little boy say? He said something about like, I like this here because I like being here. Speaking of like her house, Agnes's house, because it's quiet. So maybe my whole thing, and I, and I said this when we were watching it, was we saw what happened to Vision when he tried to leave. That he got torn to shreds and he's basically like dead on the outside. He yes. only exists inside the hex, basically. What happens with the kids then? Like, you know, if the kids were to go outside the hex, or do they just not exist because they were created in the hex? So I there's something weird going on here, but I think what... I think my biggest takeaway from this entire episode is that people were right. People were right. They, I don't think they knew exactly how they were right because I feel like people thought that Mephisto was disguised as Quicksilver, but I think, I think uh, Mephisto is this Ralph character that we haven't seen yet and they're working in tandem. I think that's what we're building to. I think that we're not building to Agatha versus Wanda. I think that'll happen, but I think what we'll see in episode eight potentially is some more peeling back of the layers to see what's actually happening. Like, because we haven't seen this Ralph character at all. Like, we don't know if this is just some kind of scheme that Agatha's running like oh yeah I'm married but I'm not really because I'm just trying to fit in so that you guys think that it's something else but right I don't know man I feel like I feel like Mephisto could pop off at the very end and that's what the big thing is is Doctor Strange could pop in to help save the reality because Mephisto's here like 
is Agatha powerful enough to warrant Doctor Strange right. coming in? I don't think so. Is Mephisto? Hell yeah. Like he's he's huge. He's like big time. Like it's it's big. Um so and I don't mean like huge in stature, I just mean like sure. huge in power level for sure. Um so I could see that being a thing. Well, I wonder we've talked we knew going into this series that it was likely that Doctor Strange, um, at least for like the first half of the movie, which is kind of how they all work, Scarlet Witch is meant to be an antagonist. So what does Scarlet love more than anything else in the world? What would what would you say first? What does she love more than anything yeah. in the world? Don't overthink it, just what does she love? Oh, she loves vision. Okay. Yeah. And what at this point, what does she love number two, which is close to number one, probably? Or maybe even surpassed it. To me, it's mm. got to be the kids. It's it's got to be it's the her kids. kids. So if Doctor Strange comes in and negotiates with Mephisto and Agatha to spare the world at the expense of her losing her kids after going mm. through all that she's done or all that she's been through, if Doctor Strange is compassionate, but he's rational, and if he needs to protect the world and he will trade lives. He's Doctor Strange. He's not Captain America. Um, yeah. If that comes down to it, and he goes, "We can't, we can't k- take your kids back. They, they have them. It's too late." And she, she takes that as, "You made me lose my kids." Then we got a Doctor Strange, Star- Scarlet Witch match made. Um, I don't know if that's the most likely thing here, but it, it's an obvious thing to me that would make her volatile. And ready to combust, uh, come Doctor Strange too. So I don't know if the kids are going to be related there. Um, I don't know if we're maybe going to find out the kids were manufactured as well, similar to Pietro. Um, I don't know. We're going we're to find all this out pretty soon. Um, I think that's a big storyline to look out for: is with Pietro being uh, a fake or a double or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. What else is? I think the so the big thing for me is. I like that idea of because we like you said I think we kind of have it figured out that like Wanda's like an antagonist in Doctor Strange 2 how do you build from that I think you're right with the kids I think maybe that's the fireworks scene is like maybe Mephisto isn't even part of this thing like Photon, who we now know is Photon. Yeah, we have a new superhero. We have a new superhero. It's crazy. Um, Which I I thought would happen. Uh, But I I think Photon together with Vision, obviously, Darcy. uh, I, I think that they can quickly disperse of Agatha. The problem becomes, like you said, is now that everything's going to have to go, like the hex is going to have to like, just like not exist anymore. Maybe that's the fireworks scene is maybe Dr. Strange and Wanda have a battle. And then at the very end, he just like seals her off. Like he just opens up a portal, bang, she goes through, he closes it real quick. She can't get through. And that's, that's it. Which opens up multiverse of madness because maybe he sent her somewhere else, like Perhaps maybe a place where to... only mutants can live. Yeah, 
Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Do you think there's going to be um, <laughs> a a bunch of mutants that sprout from this hex? Do you think that's a, a likelihood, a possibility, or like just the not happening? Hex is the beginning of the X Men. I think that's a good theory at this point to have. That's a good theory. Because at the, after this, mm. Wanda might just want to go away because she knows how she wants to destroy the planet because she's so ticked off. Yeah. I, it's a good theory. I, I don't know that it that's where it pops off, but it's, it is a good theory. Um, I, I still am of the belief that the multiverse is where we're going to find the X-Men um, because it just makes sense. Like, if you are if you are opening up the possibility of the multiverse like in Marvel Comics there's like and you know this that there's like Earth 616 there's Earth 834 there's yeah. other universes that like the comic writers themselves decide hey this is what this is the universe I want to write this storyline in or uh, you know, it, it just branches off from there and somebody picks up somebody else's story maybe or, or whatever and kind of runs with it. But that's the perfect way to bring in anything that you haven't had rights to is to just say that, well, there's an endless number of multiverse. There's an endless number of universes out there. And it just so happens that in this one, that's where the X-Men took off or they existed in thousands of different universes and they worked together with the Avengers, but you know, it just was in a different universe, different timeline. That makes perfect sense to, to use the multiverse to your advantage and say that, For Oh, sure. well, this is where it pops off. No and doubt. Then, it's the boom. easiest way to, it's, it's absolutely the easiest way. They were fighting Thanos in another timeline. Right. <laughs> right. Like maybe it was the X-Men versus the black order and Thanos instead of the Avengers, or maybe it right. was the Avengers and the X-Men. And it was, you know, very similar to how infinity gauntlet worked out where Adam Warlock was the one that was just like, Oh, these X-Men and Avengers. Oh, they're just sacrificial lambs to my, to the ultimate plan of defeating Thanos, which by the way, might have been one of the coolest pages in Marvel comic history to me. I love that so much. It has stuck with me and resonated with me forever. That an Infinity Gauntlet as the single, like one of the greatest groups and like uh, just uh, what would the collection of heroes? Yeah. That was assembled in that one page to like push through to fight Thanos. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's about to pop <laughs> off. And Adam Warlock's in the back and he's just like, they're just the sacrificial lambs. Like they're just a means to an end. They're not even like he knew they have zero chance. They were the bodies that Thanos yep. uses to get inside of Wakanda. Exactly. <laughs> Before the fight even exactly. starts. Exactly. Because the fight in Infinity Gauntlet is so much different than Infinity Wars. It's a higher level of like, fighting. Yeah. They gave they gave the heroes a chance in Infinity War, the movie. They had zero chance in the comic. There was nothing they could have done. Thor like, would have done it. Huh? Thor would have killed him. Thor would have killed him if in he, Infinity if War. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the cop out for Infinity Gauntlet is that it really wasn't the real Thor. It was the Eric Masterson Thor, but it played out the way that it should have anyways. Like that's the unique part of the comic is that the whole story didn't really revolve around 
Thanos as much as it actually revolved around the Infinity Gauntlet itself. Because Adam Warlock knew, well, if Thanos destroys all of these Avengers, there's still a chance that we can get it and undo what he did. Like, he was thinking that far ahead. Like, the Avengers in the movies, they weren't thinking that far ahead. They were just like, we just got to stop them. And they couldn't. But, anyways, we got to circle back to WandaVision. Absolutely. Um, ah, man, I just, I cannot freaking wait, man. Like, it just seems like, does it not seem like that 30 minutes is the literally the quickest 30 it minutes of your life? It flew by. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess let's get into just kind of the series of events and then that will spark new conversation. Because uh, this episode started with the Modern Family slash office mm-hmm. uh, style of shooting or style of video. And we immediately see the family and there's Wanda. Wanda is really taking on the the star of the show role and the kids are speaking in the camera, you know, everything's fine. Um, and then we basically, nothing too crazy was happening in the household. It's just their little silly stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we see um, on the outside, we notice that uh, Jimmy Woo and Monica Rambo are going to kind of an isolated area outside of the hex where they're meeting up with other people that are defectors from their organizations, um, mostly uh, sword. Hayward. He was in there for like two seconds, but he and said something very impactful that like basically he's saying it's on. Like he said, uh, something the, along the lines of the like charge or the strike or the yeah, something along those like launch. they're getting ready the launch. We're getting ready to getting ready to launch. And I was Which like, I don't what believe do we mean? ever <laughs> saw what he meant. So nope. we're waiting to see that. That'll be next episode for sure. Yes, but um, yeah, it's 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 very cool. Like. They brought out a rover for Monica to drive through, which that that was a really cool scene. I didn't really fully understand that scene because it seemed like she could kind of get through in the truck, but then all of a sudden she didn't want to. Like there, there was some kind of thing that I, I don't really understand that scene that well. We'll, but, we'll try to go in depth. It's going to be more, more of a physics thing than anything probably. Right. Um, maybe just the structure of the hex became so powerful that it was just that much harder to break through. So the only reason that Monica was able to break through is because she has now become photon. Like, and remember this episode is called breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And we got a lot of that in this episode because it was modern family office style. Mm -hmm. But did, did you notice who was looking at the camera the most? Agnes. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, she was she's the cameraman. She's the director. Yeah, she's everything. So as we were getting these goofy little modern family style, you know, sequences, um, basically back and forth, we're we're just getting like household Wanda with her daily stresses and the family and Agnes. Meanwhile, Monica and uh, Jimmy are trying to find their way in and uh, visions talking to Darcy. And that's that's what the first act is kind of all full of. Mm-hmm. Um, Darcy and, and Vision, Vision trying to like talk to each other and Vision now knows more than Darcy and, but Vision doesn't really know what's going on and then he awakens Darcy and Darcy lets him know what's going on who he is uh, what is all happening and you could tell that he started to empathize with Wanda mm-hmm. and that makes me double down on whatever happens here he's going to be on her side battling oh, yeah. for her 
regardless of all the, you know, the disaster they've gone through, I think he sees her heartache. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see where Darcy fits in all this, but you notice how everybody's coming towards that one house. Everybody's on their way in a different, you know, in some kind of way. Yeah. So as we go through the episode, there's honestly not a ton to talk about scene to scene. No. So the overarching themes, we got obviously Jimmy Woo and Monica on the outside, Vision and Darcy on the inside trying to get to the back to the town who are being stopped by all these disastrous- yeah, like everything. Like everything you could think of. There's yeah. a, a line a of kids light. at it, like a, a stoplight kind of thing. There's a literal stoplight. Somebody had to fix the stoplight. No, yeah, um, there was all yeah. kinds of stuff, weird stuff going on. And Vision mentions- Wanda will do anything to keep me from getting back to the house. Uh, meanwhile, we didn't know Agnes was, you know, Agatha yet. So it, it still kind of felt like Wanda was manipulating things. However, what was happening with Wanda that entire first act? Things, things were popping like, up and yeah, changing and, changing and um, she was losing control. Yep. And and I think that's the, the theme of the whole show really is just the depression she's felt, you know. Like the entire episode revolved around her being kind of depressed and mopey and like not feeling it. Just losing not, confidence. Losing confidence, losing, you know, everything. Um and like you said, losing control of the hex in Westview. So um what I thought was like kind of interesting is the idea of like, is it really is it Agatha that was stopping vision? And them from getting back, or was it Wanda? Like, I would go. I if, would go. If you gave me Wanda versus the field. I would take the field. Yeah, because I would say that something doesn't want Vision there. I, I would assume it's Agatha, right? And and by the end of the episode, uh, Wanda was all alone, and that's why she was taken. You know, right? Really hostage, right? So you know, it's it's all as we kind of get further again into the episode. You see a commercial for depression medication, mm -hmm. um, which relates to Wanda's feelings and how she's just going through it. Same actor um, and actress, too. Yeah. And um, then as we're getting, we get Agnes isolated with the kids, um, just watching the kids as uh, Wanda has some me time. Um, she gets away from the family for a bit. And as that's happening... We have Monica trying to break through the hex in her little rocket mole ship, mm -hmm. and um, she Mars was not rubber. able to do it. Their explanation was that the density of the ship was being counteracted by the force of the hex, basically uh -huh. equalized, as in like mm -hmm. inertia, what you put into, it's going to be put back. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like there was a barrier of or a curse that said, if you try too hard to get in this thing with things I don't understand... I'm going to push you right back out. Mm -hmm. um, but as we know, you can just walk right in, sometimes accidentally. Um, and so Monica says, bump this. I'm going in. Blood, you know, she's already been warned by Darcy. Your blood is about to change forever. Or you may die if you enter. And so we get this really cool scene where Monica is going through the hex and she's listening to all the people in her past that have been an influence to her. They're saying lines Captain Marvel did get an inspirational line in there, which is interesting because they've been kind of standoffish in the way she's acted towards uh, Captain Marvel. So we we may have seen a moment of uh, secondary inspiration that might be put on the back burner if she's an antagonist in Captain Marvel too. We'll see. 
Um, but basically, by the end of her, uh, her getting through the hex into the the bubble or whatever you want to call it, um, she is full on, you know, blue eyes. She's seeing power lines and grids. Um, what was your first thought when you when you saw that? I popped hard. I was like, wow, man, like they did it. We have a new hero. Uh, and, and I was excited about that. Like, I, I love seeing like the origins of heroes and how they do it. Like, it's always interesting to me. Um, one thing that I will say, too, is. So if if the hex now works the way that they say that what you put against it, there's like an equal reaction to it that forces you out like it did with the the, the, the the vehicle. Then that's the only reason that Monica was able to break through is because she's becoming a superhero. Right. Like that's the only reason she like no one else can get through now. Nobody else has tried or nobody else yeah. has physically pushed through. Right. They've been pushed into mm-hmm. by on, way on, of her force. Right. But yeah, you're right. So um I mean the beekeeper person, whatever, like they got through, but like they went that under. was in a different circumstance yeah. because Wanda didn't like get angry and like create a new hex basically. Like so she beefed up the security of the hex basically and then because Wanda uh Monica broke through like that's that was basically her coming to power moment which is awesome um like I said to you when we got done though is like my hopes for Captain Marvel 2 would be that Rogue would be the villain and now I'm thinking I don't know about that anymore like uh, I don't think Photon will be because I think that that's not a thing. I don't. I mean, I don't yeah. think they're gonna have hers. I think they have differences, no but they'll probably yeah. hash it out over it, some civil war type. Like, I don't really like you, but here it is. You know? It 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 sets up potential. Maybe I, I'm not gonna go that far to say it, but it does create some tension and some storylines for it. a potential <laughs> civil war two moment because they're. Captain Marvel is, is a part of that. So. Captain Marvel was a part Dr. of that. Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, dude, you get some really, really sick stuff happening in Civil War II. Like Civil War II was, I think, people mm, people are divided on that, I think, maybe. But like Civil War II was, yeah. I don't think it was as good as Civil War, but it was pretty, pretty darn close. Well, and by um, the way, the Civil War movie that we got was a good movie. But the civil war aspect was kind of whack because the fight was literally just yeah. friends fighting, not trying to hurt each other. Yeah, of course we got Iron Man and, and Bucky um, with like Captain Iron Man America, was trying to kill Bucky. They were legitimately going for the throat until they realized, like, okay, I don't really want to kill this guy, but they were angry enough to do it at one point. Yeah. But it was a bunch of humans for the most part fighting each other. We're on a whole different level now, like. Yes, we respect Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man because they're the OGs. But as far as power level, now that Thor has stayed and we have a Captain Marvel, we have a, a Scarlet Witch, we have freaking Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange. Like we're talking about God tier yes. powers, and that's not even for most of our characters now. That's not even yeah, you that's, know, that's not even the villains. So the, yeah, th- these like, are we're getting into cosmic, oh celestial. Like don't forget. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, there's some killers, man. Dude. I mean, you're talking about a Celestial as their leader, a half Mm -hmm. Celestial, but nonetheless, 
he can hold a power stone in his hand. Yeah. yeah. This is who we're talking about. And he's right. the joke of the group. Yeah. You know, he's, so he's not this is some seriously. real stuff. There's going to be some big time battles coming up. I mean, if we get like on the villain aspect of things, if we get like Gore the God Butcher or like the re- like the return, if, if they go Gore the God Butcher, then we're talking down the line, maybe the return of Null. Uh, Kang the Conqueror, dude. Kang the Conqueror. Hey, dude, I mean, dude, dude, dude r- runs r- time. Doctor Doom. <laughs> you know? Doctor Doom. Dormammu was level one in Doctor Strange. Imagine where we go from there. Powerful. Do- dude, Dormammu's like undefeatable. Dude, he was just annoyed into submission. To he my get defeated. To my not knowledge, but like to my understanding and like to my like my opinion, Dormammu's power more powerful than Thanos. For sure. Oh, yeah. He's insanely powerful. Look, and that was the beginning of Doctor Strange. I think the reason I, you know, I'm not like comic guru, but just my opinion, the reason Thanos is so well respected in, in comic lore is because he actually got the stones and did something with it. He's the one guy that really, it's like the old adage, Joker chasing a car. Mm. Uh, a dog doesn't know what to do with it when he catches it. He knows exactly. There are a bunch of people it. that got the stones at some point, you know, but he assembled all of them and then did something crazy with it. Well, that was so his... he's you have to take into account Thanos with the stones. Yeah. Is equal to the most powerful beings, beings in the Marvel universe. There's more powerful abstract, you know, characters. But as far as a physical being, when Thanos gets the, the stones, there's nobody else that's going to be above him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Thanos without the stones, surely he's not even, he's not in the top He's pretty 20, powerful. you know? He's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's still incredible. He's still incredible. You're talking powerful. about some crazy he's, villains in the Marvel Universe. In the Marvel Universe. So, that's what I love about the Marvel Universe. It's so expensive. It's, it's not that it's just so expensive. It's that the villains are very, very overly powerful yeah. compared to the heroes. Like, there's certain heroes that are actually like, not taken seriously that are insanely powerful. Like they're not even the top guys like Hyperion's one. He's basically Marvel's version of Superman, but like no one knows Hyperion. They're (laughs) who the, who's Hyperion? Give me Spider-Man. Give me, you know, whatever. Uh, the Sentry, he's insanely powerful too. Yeah. Like, but everybody wants like Thor or, or whatever. Like it's, it's kind of weird to me that like they don't treat the insanely powerful heroes with the same respect as they were true. But to, to your point, I think whenever you get into a discussion of Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity Gems or Infinity Stones, whatever you want to call them, um, there's always a discussion of, well, where's Thanos? Like I've talked extensively about Hickman's Avengers on this podcast, and that was probably the 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 thing that I love to to bring it back to is because you're talking about Thanos as like, okay, is he really that powerful? Like, yeah, he is. For even sure. without the gauntlet, he's, even without the gauntlet. He's eternal he's, in his own way. He's yeah. powerful. He's smart. He's insanely he's huge. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> one of the underrated scenes in infinity war. I don't know if you ever caught this before. One of the most underrated scenes in infinity war is remember how like, um, Thanos and Iron Man are fighting. He says something to Iron Man along the lines of like he knows him, right? Uh, yeah, he basically said, "I've heard of you." 
This, this and might, that was like the ultimate compliment. Yeah, this might blow your mind a little bit. Okay. Because I don't know that you know this. You might. So it might not blow your mind. You ever notice what he did when he like killed Tony? Like, because he thought he did because he stabbed him, right? You ever notice what he did as he did it? Um, Perhaps, but I don't know where you're going. So go ahead. Iron Man 1. What happened? You had Obadiah, right? He's like mm-hmm. going off. He thought he killed Tony too. What did he do? He took his heart, the 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 uh, arc reactor. He held his head and stared at him when he did it. Mm-hmm. Thanos did the exact same thing. Because he thought, okay, well, I just killed Tony. Like that's that's it. That's how much he knew of him. Because right. that was my one thing, and and it took me a little while to put these pieces together. But like, that's what makes Thanos so powerful. His omnipotence. Like he knows everything like not well i wouldn't say everything because i think dr doom is probably the most omnipotent being in the marvel comic universe but thanos is really close um and we know how powerful he is without the gauntlet he's insanely powerful without the gauntlet like and that was that was my, my my biggest thing that i loved so much about infinity war was that the first time we see Thanos fighting, he's not using the gauntlet. He has it and he has two stones, but he yeah. doesn't use it. He whips Hulk he just wanted and to measure shredded his Hulk. Dude, he destroyed Hulk without you know, using the gauntlet. Something else that you notice, you might not notice until you just like really look through it. What was Thanos wearing in the first scene? Uh, Like his armor, his helmet, stuff like He had that. all of his armor on. Yeah. By the time he accumulated all the stones, he had no armor. Mm-hmm. He was just out there, you know... Yeah. White tea, basically. Yeah, basically. yeah he was um, just chilling. He had no fear. He had a white beater on. He had no fear of anything at that point. No. And that almost was his downfall because yeah. Thor came out of nowhere and could have killed him. Yeah. Um, like, but like it's, it's that, almost- that's how powerful you're talking. When, when he accumulated those stones, he was like, I don't care what you do right now. I'm rocking a white tee and yeah. some J's, and you're not going to do anything about it. Thanos is the equivalent <laughs> of us when we were kids when we wanted to go skateboarding without a helmet, and our mom was like, no, you need your helmet. For because real. he took off all of his armor. Dude, if he had the helmet on and Thor went for the head, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it it might have broke through. It, I mean, it easily uh, could have. He was using the Bifrost, not, right? So, I don't know. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. it was... I mean, it's, uh, it, Infinity War would have been, what, scarred? Is that... <laughs> No, Infinity just, War would have been horrible. No, 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 no. <laughs> just, the, the show, the TV show Scarred with oh, all the, the I skate, see, skateboarding I, I injuries. I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I, um, I don't know, man. That There's a whole, you could go 12 hours on, on Thanos and his abilities. Right. Um, um, But where it ties in is just, he's looked at as like the Marvel villain, but there's still all of these. It's just like what we were talking about with like Hyperion and Sentry and all these other really cool heroes. There's a ton of really interesting and really awesome villains at that we have no clue about yet. <laughs> exactly. There's so many that we have not seen in the MCU yet that are going to pop off. Like Agatha Harkness, six months ago, eight months ago, no one cared. Yeah. She's a cool no character. One cared. That's the beautiful thing with Marvel and what's a beautiful thing with comics is that if you spend enough time and you care about it and you really like understand things a little better, like what I was getting at Civil War 2, one of the coolest things that happened, spoiler alert, but I mean the comic's been out for a long time. So and it if won't you don't happen know, in the MCU. So. It, it won't. It, it's the, This way. The, right. the, they never follow the storylines. 
Right. But one of the coolest things to happen is Civil War II is popping off. The fight happens. And um, I need to brush up because I don't remember. I thought Bruce Banner made a deal with Clint Barton. Um, but it might have been just not that way. Regardless, Clint Barton actually kills the Hulk in Civil War II. Oh, it yeah, completely kills him. Um, which stops everything. Everybody's like, what the heck just happened? Because that's the Hulk. He's supposed to be the strongest, like at least top five strongest. Like he, he's like three. a resistance band. Yes. As strong as he needs to be, he'll match you. Exactly. And he, he just got one shot by Hawkeye. And uh and what that set what that does though is that then set ups sets up the Immortal Hulk series, which has been one of the best comics to stem in the last few years, I think. Uh, it's awesome. Immortal Hulk is amazing. You get some really cool scenes in Immortal Hulk where you have like different parts of his body in jars and like he can still kind of control things. Yeah, and then like one body. jar tips over breaks and then like his whole body reforms and he just destroys everything like it's so sick but like that's where we're at now with the mcu is stuff like that like it's not going to be the exact same way obviously because they never do that like you said but we're going to get some really 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 cool stuff popping off like if they're doing this with agatha harkness like imagine what they're going to do when they bring in somebody like mephisto imagine what they're going to do when they bring in dr doom like galactus like oh my gosh this and this does wonders for when you bring in smaller characters and you give them significant roles it makes people research them Mm -hmm. it makes people you know want to check out the source material Mm -hmm. and then if she kills it i mean she's done a great job with acting this series maybe she'll get more roles maybe she'll get movie roles maybe maybe they'll turn her into a, a focal point you know who knows the sky's the limit um and don't forget that Iron Man was once not a huge commodity. The Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy were irrelevant. So you can take a small character, take a chance with them, get a good actor, get a good actress, and all of a sudden you got a really exciting role. And now we're talking about her as like the coolest part of a badass TV show. Um, I mean, we're we're getting into some really fun territory here. If Mephisto comes next, um, that would be such such an exciting thing because we know that yeah. something something crazy is coming in episode nine so whatever happens in episode eight is almost gravy at this point mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess for me as we ex- just exploring the rest of this episode we're pretty much caught up to the end here um as monica finally pushes her way in and so now we have uh, Darcy Vision in a truck trying to, or a, a funnel cake van, whatever, <laughs> trying to get back to Wanda's house. And then we have Monica, who's on her own, now in the hex, running towards Monica's house. She made it there. And we have Monica, or uh, we have uh, Wanda walking downstairs because she can't find her kids all while this is happening. Um, and we don't know where Pietro is. We don't know where the kids are. And nothing else matters. These are all the only characters that are relevant at this stage of the ep- of the episode. And so the fastest person, uh, apparently, <laughs> Monica, does make her way to the house, but not uh, before 
Wanda is taken downstairs and she's led downstairs and Agnes reveals that she is Agatha and she is not, uh, she is really kind of casting herself as the most powerful witch in that hex right now. Yeah. So it was interesting. She immediately kind of shuts down Wanda and infiltrates her brain. Whatever she just did, we're not really sure yet. Um, that's where we left off. And then we saw Monica making her way into the house um, or actually down into the little storm entrance. Uh, and so uh, shelters, storm shelters, I think. But it leads to the basement of a house, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. An it's entrance? Just like an, uh, like <laughs> I don't know. Ultimate but entrance to the basement. <laughs> we basically saw Agnes and Agatha uh, introduce herself to the uh, MCU as I'm Agatha, mm-hmm. and I just ruined this whole TV show for you. Agatha ruins everything. Then, yeah, um, which is kind of you know based off of everybody hates Chris or everybody <laughs> loves Raymond, whatever I you want to say. Literally, just thought um, everybody hates Chris. And <laughs> so then we get the credits, and then after that we see Monica appearing, and she is at the storm shelter area, whatever. But the fastest character, which I would have thought would have made it there, Vision, didn't make it there yet. Mm-mm. What's going on? Uh, and Vision's know. on his way, regardless. So yeah, um, what is happening? A couple things that I thought were really cool. Uh, Wanda's brought out by Monica yelling her name because she's approaching the house, and Wanda's like, "Wait a minute, this isn't supposed to happen. How are you back?" You get that really awesome like fight scene where like she throws her in air, but then like photon just like, like lands on the ground yeah. and is like. You don't have it. Like, <laughs> I just matched you. That's That was sick. Um, but you also have that understanding of like, well, Wanda doesn't really want to kill her. You know, that's not her goal. She just wants to be left alone. It's the whole purpose of the whole thing. And um, But Agnes is the one that intervenes and is like, yeah, you can go away yeah, now. Come like, with me. Oh, yeah, like you can, you know, go like lay on the highway. <laughs> you know, like leave us alone basically and like uh once again i mean it's just setting that stage of like agnes pulling strings behind everyone's back which is so cool um you get that awesome scene where she's like and i'm the by the way i'm the one that killed sparky yeah we knew it you know like that's that's so cool um yeah i mean i i just feel like i uh that was the one thing in this show that i just completely downplayed was uh Agatha's involvement in anything like I just thought it was just like eh, I don't know I don't buy it but you know it's one of those like we get so caught up in the bigger picture sometimes or not the bigger picture or like what we want to be the bigger picture like we we all wanted this to be how the X-Men get integrated into the MCU but this ain't happening you're not going to get a Magneto yeah scene. and um, we'll, we'll discuss that because Part of the sequence of learning who Agatha was, uh, it revealed that she, like her little powder is manifests itself in purple smoke or whatever you want to call it. Um, and we see Pietro being created by this purple smoke, which would insinuate that she created Pietro um, mm-hmm. or the version we're seeing. And um, when Monica finally gets to um, that storm shelter area after she's been cast away um for a little bit she is interrupted by pietro and that's when the episode ends so he had the purple eyes right yeah i mean yeah. he's obviously she still being too. controlled 
She did too. She oh okay. Monica did. Like her eyes didn't turn light blue; they turned like purple. Darker. Like she was being controlled as well. That would be pretty crazy if yeah. they had all of the above. Um. So, uh, I, I think that. I don't know. I mean, I think so. Now that we've kind of covered basically everything from the episode, yeah. Episode eight is going to be basically how they tie in episode nine. Like it's going to be the setup for the finale. Yeah, we're going to be left wanting more. (laughs) What I think happens here, I don't think we get very much of Westview in episode eight. I think we get more of. Uh, oh my gosh! Like Mephisto Land? No. Hayward's plans. Oh, that's true. We need to see what's happening there. That's gonna pop off. He's gonna do something. It's gonna disrupt a lot. It's. It's. I mean, it's gonna be. Do you there think will we're be talking nuclear? But nah, maybe not. Maybe. I mean, possibly. Well, so, but, what do you think? I guess would be the question. What do you think he's launching? Is um, this a campaign for presidency? Like what? <laughs> what's happening here? Um. What I think he's launching... Is it another superhero? Could be. Is it War Machine? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine it's like a Fantastic Four. Something that would be insane. I Uh, mean, we can't rule anything out because... You really can't. I think we've had this roller coaster of like, maybe Magneto's showing up to like, (laughs) no, it's just Doctor Strange. We're not, you know, whatever. But maybe it is some crazy character. I mean, we just got introduced basically an underworldly character in a, a bad witch. Mm-hmm. And we think that Mephisto is going to be the one that's pulling the back, you know, strings. So n- nothing's off the table. Nothing's you know? off the table. But I, I just feel like his plans are either going to be something. It, it, the problem is he's already been shown like multiple times now that using humanly things aren't going to work. Yeah. Like, if you go back to the missile, she just drags it out, throws it at his feet. That's the thing. The soldiers, she controlled their minds, pointed the guns right at him. That's a thing. Like, so he's got to do something that's not like, I, there's not going to be a nuke involved or anything like that. I think I wouldn't rule it out. It's something potentially along the lines of like a superhuman type thing. Like, Maybe like a Bucky, like not literally uh, not Bucky, like but Bucky. something yeah. like that. Something like that. Like, like a soldier that he can control. Right. Like, because uh, like he's he's been wanting to reconstruct Vision for right. sentient weapon purpose. And they must have had so some idea. They've got you know, they some, must have gotten some idea of how to right. create something. Exactly. So they're, they're probably going to create some kind of like uh, Ultron type thing. Uh, it's yeah. not going to be as powerful, obviously, but like something similar to an Ultron type thing to withstand the physicality of the hex, like the physics of the hex, break in, pop off, go crazy, which is where Vision's going to get distracted. You Vision's, don't think he like ever gets to Wanda? He's not going to get to Wanda until episode nine. I think Vision gets distracted in episode eight because of what Hayward's going to be doing. Because these plans are all happening simultaneously. Right. They're, because they're throwing us when off. When we saw Hayward, he said it's time to launch, basically. That's it. So, like, all of this stuff's happening simultaneously. We just don't know what Hayward's doing yet because we haven't seen it. So, what's going to happen in episode eight is literally going to just be like either seconds or minutes before 
we left off in episode eight or seven. I can see that. Or like right as everything's happening. So Vision, like we know, is not there yet. He gets probably intercepted by what Hayward's plans are. And then that's going to prevent him from doing that. He's going to fight off that. It's going to pop off. There's going to be some, you know, something going on. Hayward's going to lose. Thus, but the the impact of what's... He's not going to lose the vision. It's just his plans weren't aren't going They'll to work fail. because of vision, okay. right? Like they're they're going to underestimate vision's abilities or something. That, that that makes sense. The impact of what happens is going to, uh, and coupled with everything else, with Agatha Harkness, with with Wanda creating this hex to begin with, that's going to trigger Doctor Strange into coming into Episode Nine. Um, but. Yeah, I think that's episode eight. I, I, I would, if that's my guess as to what's going to happen, I think that's that's what I'm putting my money on. Um, so inside the hex, just a rough estimate: how many hours do you think we have left of real action? Like, you know how like we're watching episodes, right? But like where she's at right now in that basement or wherever she's at. How much time before this show ends? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is it going to be a couple like is hours? It, is it going to be oh, like a in, day? Like in real time. Like, is it, are we popping off like right now? And this is just the first of many scenes that we're going to see. Like, is, is it, is the battle going down today in Westview? Or do you think, because yeah. remember, yeah, I is. would think so would too, think because so everything too. restarts after the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's happening right now. It's happening today. I, I agree. If you remember, if you recall, this is still like early morning hours. Well, not early morning. I, I would say whatever. Like morning, remember, there's like ish. they don't it's even like, know what time it is. It's like, it's like brunch. Basically, it's the lights out because I don't think we've seen the darkness though. So we have a couple times. We saw like episode two, we saw it with three vision. Like that. Um, we when we saw like the beekeeper and all that, it was a dark. That was a that's night. true. Um, that's true. But this is basically like around. I would say like noon. Like yeah. if we're checking like realistic time I see that. because the boys were up. It was like late morning yeah. that they were watching like cartoons or whatever, you know, playing games. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so it's, it's, it's like late morning or like noon ish time because, uh, you know, Wanda slept in and stuff like that. She's depressed in bed, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's what, uh, that's what happens. It's, it's just popping off right off the, right off the cuff episode eight. Right. Um, we might get like scenes where like Jimmy Woo and the the remnants of sword that are like, you know, the defectors basically. They might try to intervene in, in Hayward's plan as, as well, but ultimately fail or something, or like they're just not there in the right time, maybe. Or maybe they succeed. Maybe like Woo on the outside conflicting with what they're doing on the outside to control what they're putting on the inside. Coupled with Vision being powerful, that's what pre- prevents things from happening. There's so many characters involved in this final battle. There are. That's really that's exciting. exciting. You have Wu, Hayward on the outside. You have Vision. Before you finish, because you're going to get to this character, who's going to be the last person to show up at that battle? What do you mean? Like, who's the last person that's going to physically be able to get to the battle? Doctor Strange. Darcy. She's in that oh, van. Oh, physically. Fi- oh, yeah. She's in a van. Mean. I know what you mean. I know what trying you mean. to get through obstacles. 
why do I feel like she's going to have some small part in this battle that's going to be like massive impact, almost like the, the mouse or the rat in, in, in Infinity in, yeah, or uh, Endgame. Endgame, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be the rat. She, <laughs> like, she's going to be the last one there because she's stuck in traffic in a van and she has no superpowers. It's kind of funny, but you know? like imagine she just like ghost, just like, you know, like we do in like Warzone or whatever, like when you jump out of a helicopter and it blows up, like imagine she does that to Agatha. Like Agatha's like got all this power and she's controlling stuff and then Darcy just like jumps out of the van and the van just smashes her. Like <laughs> kind of, I don't know, it's comical, but like, you know, anything's anything's possible, man. Um, but yeah, she'd be like the last person physically. You're right. Um, I don't know if anything happens, but I think that could be interesting. Yeah, I don't. They always do that, though. They always give. That's what Marvel's good at is taking the characters that are like the most humanly represented person within the universe. Like you have all these superheroes and they're popping off, showing off their abilities, whatever like that. But then like, it's sometimes it's the human that has no powers that makes the greatest impact. Right. On something. Right. Right. Like how crazy is it that like, when you really sit and think about it, when we're talking about the X-Men, how crazy is it that, most of the villain, well, not most of the, the single biggest villain, I think, to me, in the X-Men is, uh, oh my gosh, his name is eluding me at the moment. Well, you, you know, you guys know Don't how I names. am with names. You know how I am with names. There's too many. Uh, basically, the guy that created the Sentinels. Because the Sentinels are by far the biggest enemy and the biggest threat that the X-Men face. because. Because of the Sentinels, you get into Nimrod territory because Nimrod is a huge threat to the X-Men because of his abilities or its abilities. Um, so, yeah, man, like, and it's such a, he had such a huge impact on what they're doing that there's an entire awesome story of Days of Future Past that's written about that. And it's one of the most iconic X-Men stories. So, yeah, dude, like, that's what the beauty of Marvel comics really is, is that they're able to take and the MCU too. They're able to take characters that are just human and they do some I mean, Hank Pym, dude. He's not a superhero. He's not like no. crazy. He's just a smart guy. Right. Tony Stark. He's not a superhero. He's no. just a dude. That's like, I mean, obviously he's a billionaire, but like, he's just a guy with, you I know, just want peace. I just want peace. <laughs> That's right. Like, um, it's so cool. I mean, it they make they make humans have a, a greater impact on, on certain things. They're, it's like Commissioner Gordon in DC. He has a huge impact, but he's not Batman. So, yeah, I mean, they they do a great job with that, and they're doing a great job as they get more and more confident of just giving us interesting characters that we've heard of, but haven't explored much. Um, I can't wait to see what we got going on in episode eight. It's going to be exciting. Um, episode nine is going to be explosive. Mm. And yeah, I think it, it very much makes sense that they have multiple people like on their way to a point right now, because that, that, that happens a lot in stories as you're getting towards the end. Um, I'm <clears throat> I'm intrigued by the idea of uh, 
what's his name again? The the uh, Andrew, not Andrew, but the the director. <laughs> I always forget you, names too. You know who um, I am the names. director, whatever. <laughs> Um, I think he, I'm not ruling out nuclear type weapons because I feel like they kind of understand that anything outside the hex will not be damaged. Um, so they just like bomb air raid bomb the, the hex. I don't think he, I don't think he has any remorse about this, but no, I, I would, I would think that they would go, um, beekeeper style up into the, mm. the bottom of it and explode them. I don't think that's likely, but I do think it's possible that he just goes, just destroy everything inside of there. We don't want this getting out. Mm-hmm. We don't want anything happening here that we can't control. However, it looks like they're like in this weird little underworld area that may be beyond the hex. Um, I am curious to see if the hex turns purple now that um, cool, Ag- Agnes has the control, which I feel so stupid, even though I was pretty darn sure it was Agatha. Her name is Agatha Harkness. Agnes. Ah. I just thought it was a similar name. It's yeah, literally it's an literally abbreviated an name. Of, yeah, that's it's interesting. It's the first and the in the last. So yeah, names are going to be a consistent <laughs> I mean, come thing on, on man. this podcast. That's, that's so simple. Names on this podcast are the equivalent of me dying to fall damage in any game. Like it's just that's it. Like I just, I want to see Agatha's powers. I want to see this this scene. Just there's like one scene between her and Wanda, but I feel like that's I don't feel like Wanda's leaving that room for a long time. Long time. If at episode eight, I don't think she's leaving that room or mm. whatever that is. I don't know what that what it is. Seems like more of a dungeon kind of a thing. Um, mm. But it almost looks a little bit um, open. So. It's like somebody could come uh, up from the ground or something. Hellish, right? Yeah, it it does. It has that vibe. vibe. Um, I want to know what the book is. Yeah, the book. They they put a decent amount of time in a frame or two of the book. So They showed the the skulls and then they showed the book. Is it like the book of Visanchi or Visanthi or or what is it? And and it had some kind of uh, enchantment or or charm that was like bounding it, binding it. so yeah, I think we're gonna find out. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, we got I'm stoked. Our next episode coming up, of course, is going to be um, following immediately following um, episode eight, and we'll be we'll be right on top of things. We'll try to get it released as soon as possible. We're actually going to be doing a much earlier release next week and for the season finale. I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that. Very very excited. Um, we get to see what the heck is going on with I all these different characters. Give it to me now. We got like eight different characters that are very important and are going to be involved in this final battle. So yeah. Um, thank you for joining us, coming along for the ride. We always appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, if anybody else is interested in Marvel, you think they'll enjoy the podcast, please do spread the word. Um, Thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next time. Peace.